How are you? Good. Thank you for being energetic. It's going to make my life a lot easier up here. So I uh, want to start with uh, a hypothetical question. Who likes hypothetical questions? Okay, good. Tiffany, thank you. <laughs> Great. Can we get that PowerPoint, too? Uh, so what if, um, what if I started our time together this morning, and I came up here and I said um, that I'm just really not excited about our time together? What if, what if I went on to say that um, this message that I have is basically a dumpster fire of thoughts and words, and that I didn't actually put together coherent thoughts, and that I didn't pray, and I didn't read what I should have, and I just really wasn't excited about our time together? Yeah. Okay, so now compare those thoughts that you have in your head and all the questions you have about who is this guy and why does he have a microphone. Uh, what if, new situation, what if I came up here and I said, I am so excited about this because I've been reading, I've been praying, I've been researching. Um, what if I told you that I actually didn't sleep last night because I was so excited to share this content with you and to be together with you and hello to all you guys that are online, we're happy that you're with us. What if I told you that? Some of your faces in the first scenario were not pretty. I'm just going to tell you that. Uh, so the interesting thing about those two scenarios is I actually didn't share any content with you. I didn't share anything about any, any of my message. All I did was I gave you some thoughts, and your expectations did whatever they did. I didn't actually, I didn't actually tell you any of my message. It was your expectations that formed conclusions about what was to come. See, that's, it's something that I've been thinking about quite a, a bit lately. Ever since we've been in this, this COVID-19 season, um, man, this is a weird season, is it not? This is a really weird season. Uh, a surprising thing for me is that in the middle of all the negative things from this season, um, I've actually seen some positive things in this season. And I, I want to tell you about a few of these because they, they, they deem mentioning, because I think we all need some good news. Um, my wife's name is Leslie, and Leslie and I, we've really enjoyed more time together. Um, I'm, a, I'm the IT lead at Blue Cross Blue Shield, and so we're all working from home full time now. And so her and I have gotten to spend more time together, which has been really great. I've, I've really enjoyed that. My dog no longer sees me as only the authority figure, so <laughs> she thinks I can be fun. Um, we've really enjoyed a slower pace, honestly. Like, we have time to have a conversation. And we've noticed, like, one thing we noticed the other day is, like, our Saturdays were just stock full of stuff. Like, we would go, 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 go. And our Saturdays are a little bit more relaxed now, which I've really enjoyed. I've really enjoyed that. Um, maybe one of the best things that I've enjoyed is a certain Google tweet, or a certain Google search that I did. I did a Google search this week on quarantined tweets. So if you are, if you are one with Twitter, it's uh, basically 140 characters. Actually, they increased it to 280. But you can go out there and just kind of put these things out in the world. So I thought I would share some of these quarantine tweets with you because this is really a source of joy in my life. <laughs> what level of quarantine is it when you reuse your wife's empty cereal bowl and spoon for your own cereal because you don't want to dirty another dish? <laughs> I can relate to this one. My wife and I play this fun game during quarantine called Why Are You Doing It That Way? And There Are No Winners. 
My wife nodded her head on that one. And then here's a conversation between a wife and a husband. Did you tell the kids to drop out of school? Yep, they don't like their teacher. Well, I'm their teacher, and I'm the guidance counselor. <laughs> These are actually things that are out there on the internet. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's been a, a super weird season for sure. And I, I just want to be honest. I've noticed some things, and I, I wonder if I'm the only one that's experienced this, because uh, I've noticed some things about me in, in the middle of this pandemic. I've noticed that in this season, my, my disposition can shift from what I'm used to. Uh, if, if I'm being super honest with you, and I hope that I am, I've noticed occasionally that I can get irritable and crankier quicker, right? Um, that's not a right to you. That wasn't a question. Um, that's my wife right there. Uh, I've noticed that cynicism can leak in easier. And I notice that at times, it's harder for me to believe the best about people, which if you know Leslie and I, that is one of our core values. If I could have a sermon every Sunday and not get bored, it would be that, believe the best about people. And I've noticed that it's harder for me to do that at times. And I mean, this is in no way a justification for those things, but it, it kind of makes sense if you think about it. Considering what we're going through and the onslaught of negative information that we get every single day, I mean, plus for me personally, I know myself well enough to know that I'm a people person and these days, I spend 40-plus hours a week in a basement by myself. So do the math on that. Um, it's, it's, it's no wonder. Can anybody else relate to that? Have you noticed some different things happening in your personality, maybe that weren't there pre-COVID-19? I've definitely noticed about that myself. I've definitely noticed that about myself. And they say that awareness is always the first step. So I'm glad that I got that out of my, off my chest. This microphone is, is good therapy. Um, the second step, though, is doing something about it. Because the fact is, as crazy as this season is, um, there is going to come a time, mark my words, there's going to come a time that we are out of this season. There's gonna, yes, there's going to come a time where COVID-19 is going to be in the rearview mirror. It's going to be a story we tell. Um, the virus will be gone. And what we're going to be left with is the person that we became through this crisis. John Maxwell, uh, a leadership speaker that I really enjoy, he says it like this. He gives an encouragement saying, build today so you don't have to repair tomorrow. Build today so you don't have to repair tomorrow. See, the choices that we're making in this crisis as people, as a group of people all over the earth, they are important. Um, that scripture in John 13 says, the world will know you're my disciples if you love one another. So until the time when this season ends, um, we need to think about the interim, don't we? We need to think about today. And specifically, we need to think about what we're thinking about, right? It is what it is. I hate that expression. We need to think about what we're thinking about. Uh, I've been doing a lot of, of reading on this topic lately, and it's so interesting what the scripture has to say on this topic. I mean, it is full of things on this topic, and we don't have time to go into everything, but I do want to highlight a couple things. The author of Proverbs gives us what I think, if you look at the whole 31 chapters of Proverbs, there's this, there's this warning in Proverbs that is it's pretty strong, and I, I want to share this with you. Proverbs chapter 4 says, 
above all else, just that language right there, pay attention, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Now that's the NIV. I want to show you another translation. The English Standard Version says this, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. So why, the, why is the heart so important? I mean, is, is the author telling us to keep up our cardio? Is that what the author is saying? Probably not. I mean, that's, that's good advice, but probably not. Um, whenever you're looking at tone, or whether, whenever you're looking at original meaning, you always, it's always helpful to go back to the original language. And in our very first Zoom call that we did, when all this happened, JR, our senior leader, had a great talk on basically all the tools that are online to help us. And they can, you can look at original language. So this, all this info I got was from BibleHub.com. So I want to look at the original language to see what the author's intent was. So if we look at that word, your heart, it translates to that word, lib bika. And what that means is it, the heart is referring to your feelings, your will, your intellect, your center. And I love the way Bible Hub puts this, your core. It is everything you are, your core. Now, interestingly enough, this word is the exact same word that the author of Ezekiel uses when God promised to give us a new heart. He said, I will remove your stone of your heart of flesh. Uh, I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That is what he's talking about, this new heart. That is what he has put inside of us, and that it is what is worth guarding. It is your everything, it is your core. For out of it contains springs of life. And I love this definition. Alive. It, it, it's what makes you alive. It's what makes you raw, fresh, strong. So everything, what, what the author is saying is, it, it's, a, it's a pretty strong warning, I think, because he's saying, be careful what you've got going on in here. Be careful what you let in. I can tell you that for me, personally, whatever I am focusing on grows. In my thought life, whatever I focus on grows. So if I let in negativity and fear and worry and anxiety, I'm going to tell you that is a path to nowhere good. That is a dead end, my friends. However, if I am focusing on things of faith, what Paul tells us in Philippians, if I'm focusing on things that are pure and lovely and admirable and praiseworthy, I see faith grow in my life. That is what I've seen. Whatever I focus on grows. You know, if we talk about Paul for a second, he's actually got quite a bit to say about this in the New Testament. Uh, in 2 Corinthians, if you want to see some other strong language, he says this in 2 Corinthians. He says, we demolish, there's a strong word for you, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I know a lot of us have seen that scripture before, but think about this. How many thoughts do you have every single day? I don't know. But he's saying we take captive every single thought and make it obedient to Christ. I believe because Paul knew what was at stake. So logic would dictate that if we bring this into today, if we come home at the end of the day, or in my case, if you go upstairs, uh, if you start telling your wife, you know, she says, hey, how was your day? And, and I start saying, well, uh, the world's going to end, and uh, we're in big trouble, and people are dumb, and I hate my circumstances. 
I'm probably not going to hit my pillow thinking, oh, that was a great day. I was so productive. I blessed so many people this week. And more importantly, I just spewed all over my wife. She's not going to have a great experience when she hits her pillow because she's going to be like, what's his deal, right? So how we think about things and our disposition generally plays a critical role in the direction of our lives. So, okay, so that's well and good, right? Great information, Tyler, great. You looked up some Bible verses, great information. How? How do we do that? Like I said, um, this, this is a crazy time. I don't know about you, but this is the first pandemic I've been through. And I know that for a lot of us, we're, we're facing questions that we didn't have six months ago, right? We're, we're asking ourselves really hard questions. We're asking ourselves questions about what to do for work and how to keep the lights on and how to keep the family fed. And now a lot of you are in the role of homeschooler. So how do you homeschool your kids having never done that before? And how do you maybe put up with a vehicle that's down and you can't fix? I mean, all these questions are really hard questions. And maybe the biggest question that we all want answered is, when is this going to end? When is this going to end and I can go back to some shade of normal? Well, let me tell you this. No matter what Fox News or CNN or whatever news source you listen to says, we don't know. There is no answer about when this is going to end. We just don't know. So all of these questions can feel a little overwhelming at times, right? So what do, we, what do we do about that? I want to show you a video uh, of something that happened to me. And uh, yes, the video camera was rolling. Why do I say video camera? The phone was rolling. It's not like I had a video camera out with me. Um, so before I show the video, I want to introduce you to a very special lady in our lives. This is Lulu. Yes, I agree. Uh, we got her nine months ago from a shelter in Missoula. So we call her Lou. It's Lulu when she's in trouble. And so she is uh, half pit bull, half super mutt. That is actually what the DNA test told us, super mutt, and I take it. And um, she, uh, she has a lot of energy, I'm just going to tell you that, a lot of energy. Super smart, but a lot of energy. So a couple weeks ago, I had some time before uh, one of my work meetings, and so I said, you know what, Let's, I'm going to take Lou for a walk. So we went to see our middle school, and there's this large field. Now previously, when we would do this, Leslie and I would do this, um, I would stand on one end of the field, and then Leslie would stand on the other, and we would take the, the leash off Lou, and we'd be like, okay, go get her, go get her. And she would like run back and forth. And I mean, this dog, I, I seriously want to put a GoPro on her because it's got to be at least 20 miles an hour. I'm not even, I'm not even joking. Um, so she would run back and forth, back and forth. So I'm like, okay, this dog's got a lot of energy on this day, so I need to go do that. So um, this is basically what it looks like. So here we are at CR. The video's muted. I'm like, come on, Lou, come on. And she's going so fast, the video doesn't really quite capture it. Stop. On this day, though, it was a little different. There was no Leslie. Leslie was at work. So me, being the optimistic chap that I am, I, I stood on one end of the field where you can see that, and I let Lou run. And she did so great. I was so proud of her. She ran to that end of the field, and then I turned the phone on. And then she ran back, and I was like, good girl, Lou, good girl. And then she was, you know, walking around the field, and she was smelling things, and maybe peeing on some grass. And, and then it happened. 
right there, because I paused the video right there, right to the left of that little white right there, a jogger came up. Lou was on the opposite end of that field, and I kid you not, she looked at the jogger, and she looked at me, and I heard her little Cosmo Kramer voice came up, and she was like, giddy up. <laughs> and she ran after that jogger. So she took off running. So what did her dad do? Her dad, full out sprint, sprinting down this field. This jogger, he had earbuds in, and he was like probably mid-20s. He was oblivious. I don't even know if he was really a human being. But <laughs> he, he didn't care. So Lou went up, and, you know, she's, she's jumping, and, you know, she's doing all things. And Tyler, he's, he's still sprinting. He can't get there fast enough. So Lou looks back at me, and apparently that wasn't good enough for her. She takes off down residential area. She takes off down these blocks, and I literal blocks. So she goes up to this, um, she goes up to this yard, and there was, like, this mesh fence, and there's a dog, and she's, rawr, 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 and she's freaking out. She's going to kill somebody. So I'm sprinting, still sprinting. Lou's freaking out, and so she goes to the next yard. You know that, remember that scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where they go from yard to yard? That was me, running through yards. I don't care, I'm just running through yards. The only reason that I was able to catch her three blocks down the road, all out sprint, the only reason I was able to catch her was she was like, you know what, I gotta go to the bathroom, number one. I didn't have to pick up anything, it was just number one. So she stops to go to the bathroom, and I basically dive tackle her. She has this harness on that we use, and I just, I mean, I literally, I just, I dive tackled her, and I caught her, and I put her on the leash, and I, I couldn't even say bad dog, because it was me. It was, it was my error. Um, now, the interesting is, I've been running regularly, but I haven't been sprinting regularly. <laughs> my lungs were on fire. Uh, as I thought about that, I saw the lesson. Lulu does really, really well uh, when she's on a leash. The leash is there to control her, to guide her, to encourage her, to instruct her. It's when her parents forget the leash that Lulu does really naughty things. When we forget the leash, my lungs get on fire, Lulu does naughty things, and everybody feels bad afterward. You see where I'm going with this? If we want to be the best version of ourselves, through this pandemic, we can't let our circumstances and the negative thinking that we have run wild across three blocks in our brain. We have to use a leash to rein those things in. We have to guard the spring of life that is within us. And the leash I'm referring to does the same thing that Lulu's leash does. It encourages us, it guides us, it controls us, and it, it, it guides us. If you haven't guessed it by now, the leash that I'm talking about is a collection of 66 books called the Bible. We need to regularly saturate our thoughts and our brain with God's word and God's truth. Because the truth is, you guys, I'm a human being, and you're a human being, and we forget. Especially these days when we're flooded with all this information, we forget, don't we? On a side note, I'm, I, I have a working theory that I, I'm experimenting with these days. I actually think that the way that we use social media is harmful. Because I actually think that this is something I've noticed in my brain. I think that what we're doing is we're training our brains to forget. Think about this. You open up your device, 
you look on your social media, you see a post or a stupid cat video, and then you scroll, you're not thinking about the post that you just did. You're thinking about the new post. And then you scroll again, and you're thinking about the new post. Multiply that over several sessions a day, per week, per month, per year. And what you're doing is you're, you're training your brain to forget the last thing. So my working theory is I don't want to forget. And I don't want this. I mean, I love staying connected or whatever form of connected that is. But I want to remember. So I, I have a working theory. I said, okay, 15 minutes a day on social media, all of social media. I set all my devices. And I couldn't do it. Uh, kept coming up the timer. Oh, you're passed. And there's this button saying ignore timer. I just hit ignore timer. <laughs> so I took b bigger measures. I deleted it on all my devices. I said, I, I'm serious about this. I don't want to forget because I'm forgetting these days things I should be remembering. And there's way too much stuff up there that I want to remember. At the beginning of this year, I set up a Bible reading plan. And uh, what I've been doing is reading chronologically. And I'll listen to a podcast about that explains it. And so I, I got behind. So I had a choice. I said, okay, well, what I could do is I could skip ahead to where it was, or I could catch back up. And I said, okay, I want to catch back up. I don't want to skip ahead. Wouldn't you know it? I mean, this is just a cool God thing in my life these days. The, the part where I caught up was a part that I really believe we need to hear today. Because I think it was, it was written thousands of years ago, but it was like it was written for us today on this subject of forgetting and remembering. So let me catch you up. We're going to be in Deuteronomy. And the Israelites, they're out of slavery now. And they're, they're right about to cross the Jordan into the promised land. This is the land that God promised them. That's where we get the title. And this is going to be everything that they've hoped and, and really dreamed for because they've been wandering the desert for 40 years. So I'm sure they're ready to get into this promised land. So they're just about to go into the promised land, and they're standing, it, it, it's like they're standing at the gate of Disney World, or remember that time when maybe if you bought your first house, you're standing on the front porch. It's a big moment, and God has something he wants to tell them. It's interesting, what do you think he's going to say? They're right about to go into the promised land. What's he going to say? He starts by saying this. His first words are, be careful. What? We're here. We can see it. We're about to go, why do we need to be careful? God says be careful because he knows his people. He knows his, what his people are capable of. He then says this, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promises on oath to your ancestors. Then he reminds them. Verse 2, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 6 through 9 goes on to describe the land that they're going into. But then in verse 10, hear those words again. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful, there it is again, that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws and his decrees that I'm giving you this day, or else what's going to happen? Otherwise, when you eat and you're satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, so they're living in abundance, then your heart will become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God. Here's another reminder. 
who brought you out of Egypt, brought you out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, the thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rocks. This is all remembering. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Verse 17 says this. Well, you may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. The moral, I think, of this story, of these 20 verses in chapter 8, is be careful and remember. Remember what God has done in your life. Now, if you skip ahead to, verse thir- or to chapter 30, you're going to see where Joshua starts to take over. And this is really interesting because God gave this advice, recommendation to the people of Israel, to, to Moses. What did Moses say to Joshua, do you think, in chapter 30? He says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Remember God. Moses goes on to say, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Every seven years, the Israelites are going to gather. We're going to read the law in its entirety every seven years. Why? Because we need to remember. What he was saying is the antidote for fear then. Moses was telling this to Joshua. The antidote for fear is remembering God. It was important enough for God to say it to Moses, so Moses just repeats that to Joshua. The piece of this story to me that is so interesting is the rest of the story. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't read the book, uh, the people, they cross the Jordan, and they cross into the Promised Land, finally. And it was everything that they hoped and imagined. A land flowing with milk and honey was all of that. They got everything that was promised to them. What do you think the Israelites did? Yes, they began to forget. They didn't remember. If you read your Old Testament, so much of the Old Testament is this cycle with the Israelites. They forget God, and things go badly, and something happens where they have to depend on God. So they depend, they remember God, and things start to go well again, and then they start to live on their own, and then they forget God. It's just this never-ending, well, actually, it does end. It's just this cycle over and over and over. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we can look at Israel, and we can say, gosh, those people, that's that's ridiculous. And we can get our little judgy pants on, right? But if we're honest, and if I'm honest, I see myself in that story. I have had things, I've had times when things are going great, and I'm just not as spiritually sharp as I was. And then something happens, and I have to depend on God, and I go back to His Word, and and I depend on God again. It's just this cycle. Isn't that funny that thousands of years later, we're doing the exact same thing that the Israelites were doing that God encouraged them not to do? Friends, like I said, eventually we are going to move past this season. We're going to move past social distancing. We're going to move past weird chair layouts in our auditorium, and we're all going to be together again. But for now, this is the season we're in. And I honestly think there's quite a bit at stake. I honestly believe that. The choices we make right now are going to determine who you are in the next season. I started with a hypothetical question. Let me end with a hypothetical question. What if, when this was all over, we came out of this better 
than when we started. Think about that for a second. What if, when this was over, we came out of this better than when we started? What if we had more faith coming out of this than when we started? What if we were more optimistic? What if we believed the best even more about people than when we started? What if we were spiritually sharper than when we started? What if, you guys, what if we were closer to God than when all of this started? You guys, I absolutely, with every fiber of my being, believe that it is possible. I believe that it is possible. People have called this season a rest and an intermission. God does not take rests in, in, in your development, right? It's Yes, it's good to rest. But this is not one of those seasons where it's like, no, I can, I can do whatever I want. We don't know how long this is going to go on. And I say, let's use this. Let's use this for good. It is absolutely possible that we come out of this closer to God than when we started. But we have to do what God says. We have to be careful and remember. We have to guard the wellspring of life that is within us. And this is how I plan on doing it. And I want to I offer this to you guys. If, if you're journalers or if you're note takers, um, I'm going to put some questions up. This isn't meant to be answered today, but I hope that you answer it in the days to come. These questions are designed to help you remember. What has God done in your life? The fact that you're here, the fact that you're listening online, means you have a story. God has brought you here for a reason, and he has a story. What is that story? What has he brought you through? What are the circumstances that God has brought you through in your life? Maybe those things where you say, oh yeah, I, I forgot about that. That was 15 years ago. What has God said he will do in your life? If you look at those scriptures, maybe you have some scriptures that are just your scriptures that you, that you claim and that you take to the bank, as it were. What are those? Maybe there's some prophetic words that you have on the shelf. Is it time to dust those off and say, what what has God said that he's going to do in my life? What are your values? What are you fighting for in this season? I told you one of my values, one of our values, is that we believe the best. That's something I'm fighting for. When I don't know all the answers, I believe the best. What are some of your values? What are you fighting for in this season? And what are you asking God for in this season? I know there's, there's definitely a mentality like, hey, man, I just, I just want to get through this. I totally get that. I totally understand it, but I do want to tell you there's something more. God has something more for you than just survival. He wants you to press on. He wants you to grow. He wants you to further. He wants you to have momentum in your walk. What are some of the things that you're asking God for in this season? I really hope that you take notes, you, you grab a screenshot of that with your phone, whatever you do, and that you answer those questions for you, maybe for your household, what, whatever it is. You guys, it's, it's so possible. It's so possible, but if we're not watching what's going on up here, if we're not using the leash, as it were, we can't expect good things. We have to take every thought captive, and we have to remember and remind ourselves what's at stake. Let me pray for you. Father, uh, we come to you today as your kids, Lord, and God, we know that this season is no surprise to you, Lord. We know that you, you saw this, the beginning and the end, as the scripture says. And so, God, I, I just pray for us as a group of people here in the room and listening online, Father. I pray that you would help us remember. Remind us, what are those things that you brought us through? Remind us, what are the things that you've said you will do, God? Remind us what our values are. Remind us what we're asking you for in this season. 
And God, I, I pray that as we go from here and as we encounter people, we would be people that just manifest that wellspring of life. That people say, yeah, I, I want to talk to her. I want to talk to him. That is, that's, that's something positive that I can have in my life, God. Thank you, Father, that we do have a wellspring of life within us. Thank you that you gave us a new heart. And God, I just I pray a blessing upon all of us as we go. Uh, I do pray, Father, for our, our planet. I pray that you would heal our planet. I pray that you would wipe out this virus in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that, um, that this would be something in our past, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.